You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. I mean, when it comes to the Kyrie Irving trade to the Dallas Mavericks, there's a hundred storylines. I'm looking up at ESPN, and it says, Reaction to LeBron on the Kyrie trade to the Mavericks. So many tentacles. And actually, there's some of them that could reach over to the Toronto Raptors. Now that the Mavs are out, does that hurt the chances of the Raptors getting full value if they do trade a Fred Van Vliet or an OG Ananobi? Or does it make other Western teams get that much more desperate? Well, joining me now to chat all about it, uh, Mo Dakhill, who's a great follow on Twitter, does a great job just breaking down plays and doing fantastic video work, was a former video coordinator with the Clippers and now an NBA analyst at Bleacher Report. Mo, uh, thanks for uh, hopping on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me on, Maddie. So if I go and take a look at your story from February 2nd, and by the way, um, thoughts, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to you and anyone else who wrote a big NBA trade story right before the Kyrie trade demand and all of that. Um, it, it happens to all of us. I see right at the top of the list um, after will this be an active trade deadline or a dud, the next big story is what will Toronto do? So let's do this in two parts. First off, what do you think the Raptors should do after coming off? I mean, they, they go four and three on that Western swing, but what do you think the Raptors should do? In all honesty, I think it's time to start moving off some of these guys. I think the way, you know, and Raptors fans may not want to hear it, but just the vibe around this team is so bad. You know, I, I, I joke about it on some podcasts and we have a all bad team vibes and, and look at a team like the Utah Jazz last year beginning to feel that with this team, and I feel like a lot of guys are going different ways. You're hearing kind of whispers here and there of this guy's unhappy, that guy's unhappy. I think it's time to kind of start parting ways and start building a proper team. They went through this whole idea of six nine, Vision 6-9 or Project 6-9. I always get confused. Uh, but it, it, it's not working out, and I think they need to kind of start looking at building a proper team. And, you know, this team, as it's set, it's just not doing it. Why do you think, I mean, it's so weird, and, and we've been confused by it as well. For so long, it was Team Harmony. They win 48 games last year. They bust their ass. And now this year, the, the, just the karma, the, the locker room, everything seems off. And I don't know if, you ha- if you've heard anything or any explanation, but it, from us being this close to it, it's so bizarre. Yeah, I think it's just there's always, every year is going to be different. And, you know, uh, Two years ago, Fred Van Fleet wasn't potentially a free agent. He wasn't thinking about opting out of his contract. Same for Gary Trent Jr. You didn't, you didn't have all these different things that are coming along. You know, uh, OG Ananobi being a year closer to signing a new, uh, a, a new extension. You know, you, you have all of these things where I think the next year, everybody's kind of the the agendas change individually as well as the team, and I think that sort of began to kind of per, uh, percolate. Even Nick Nurse's contract being up, I believe, at the end of this year. Like, is all these things where you're beginning to wonder what's going on with this team. And I think that's the kind of stuff that's led to it. And, I, and you know, just on the court, they have too many of the same players. It's all redundant skills. Only one guy can block a shot. It doesn't yeah. matter that you have four guys that can do it. <laughs> you know, you don't have enough shooting. But this is just, you know, the, the skills they have are all too redundant, and they don't have that much that's additive. And I think that's a big issue for the team. 
What do you think will happen? And I'm not asking you to list out exactly who and where and how many pick swaps in a second rounder in 2028. Or Okay, let me let me put it like this. Again, joined by Mo Dackel, who uh, covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. Um, but let's throw it this way. What is a what is a realistic trade deadline look like for the Raptors? I think you'll probably see two of the four guys moved in between Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OJ Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. And I think Siakam's the least likely to move. Uh, I think if that were to happen, I think that's more an off-season deal and, and gets a lot more complicated. But I think it's easy to see a situation where, hey, they're not sure they're going to be able to bring back, bring, excuse me, bring back Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. Let's get something for them now. There are going to be teams that are going to be interested in them, and you can probably get a pretty good price for them, almost like a bidding market for them. Uh, the big one is OG and Anobi. I got no feel for that one. I, I, I could see them keeping him. I could see them trading him. I could see a team kind of just blowing them away with an offer, thinking that he's going to be the final piece for them to contend for a championship. And I think, you know, they're, it's, it's just so unpredictable. But I think – He's probably more 50-50. I think they end up moving Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr., though, is, is something I'm expecting. Yeah, th- those are the two. Well, I mean, especially Gary Trent. That feels like almost a, a, the easiest one to do. It's Fred, who's been, I mean, you've seen the team play, and, and you study the video. He's been great since the start of 2023. Uh, but if OG moves, I, I think that's the one that would send the, certainly the most uh, shockwaves around here. Um Moving on from the Raptors, let's go. Let's start with this from the the angle of the Dallas Mavericks. They get rid of a, a two, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dimwitty, two good players, not great, not stars, but good players that can help you win. They get rid of those two guys and a first and a second um, for Kyrie Irving. I look at this deal as a bad one for Dallas because I don't trust Kyrie. But I, I guess I understand it because you're trying to capitalize on peak Luca. How do you view what happened over the last 12 hours or so? Yeah, I consider it a, a really big risk proposition for the maps. You know, not just trading for Kyrie. And as you said, you know, you can't really count on it. No. But I think the, the other thing is you traded another first round pick to, to get Kyrie Irving. You're beginning to lose some of the the draft equity that you have. We saw them do this with Porzingis, and it kind of held them hostage for a little bit before they could get off of his contract. It'll be fascinating to see what happens in the offseason in terms of what they, they do with him. But this is probably going to be one of the most explosive offensive backcourts we'll see in a long time between Kyrie and Luka, just them playing off of each other. And there's going to be so many possible different offensive iterations that they could run. The bigger problem is going to come on the defensive end. Yeah. Because I see no defense coming from that team at all. Oh, they, no. They traded, I mean, they traded their best players. And by doing that, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, as you said, not a superstar, but a really important piece for that team because he guards all the wings. He makes a major difference for that squad. And I think that's going to be something they're really going to miss come playoff time. On the other side, the the Brooklyn Nets with those two, with healthy, um, with healthy Durant, with Claxton, with Warren. I mean, uh, like they're fourth right now in the East. If you go to FanDuel, their odds are plummeting all over the place. But you know, it, it's not a bad like a healthy Kevin Durant with the pieces they brought in. This is not a bad team. 
No, this is, you know, if Kevin Durant is, if you guarantee me good health with Kevin Durant for the rest of the season, this is a really good team. This is a team that they now have, it's Kevin Durant and a whole bunch of shooters and guys that could defend. Like, that's a massive upgrade for them in that sense. You know, obviously they don't have the top-end talent that Kyrie Irving is, and I think that, that will hurt them. Their offense will take a little bit of a step back. But this is all workable parts. Their defense will probably improve, and their offense will take a step back. But if the if they can make a big jump defensively with a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, you move a guy like Royce O'Neal to the bench, and now off the bench you have another solid wing defender, you're putting yourself in a great position for the Nets. And then the other aspect of this trade that I don't think a lot of people are talking about are what I don't think the Nets are done, and we might even see them make a uh, pretty decent-sized move at the deadline, but it also puts them in a good position in the offseason to try to bring somebody to pair with Kevin Durant. More likely to happen, and I'll leave you with this question, and you're allowed to give up. I don't know. Why are you asking me that? What a dumb question. More likely to happen between now and the end of the season, the Brooklyn Nets make the Eastern Conference Finals, or Kevin Durant says, I want out of Brooklyn. Oh, that's a good one. I'm, by the end of this season, I would say more likely that the Nets make the conference finals than uh, Kevin Durant demands a trade. All right. We will see. Oh, actually, you know what? Um, I, I, I lied one more, and I'm sorry to do this, but I'm legally, con- I'm, I'm contractually obligated to ask you at least one LeBron James question, or I get fired. Okay, this is not me, Mo. I don't want to do it. But, <laughs> no, uh, no problem. But how much are the Lakers, how, how big of a, uh, yesterday, how much of a blow was that for the Lakers? I think it was a massive blow. I think it looked like, you know, from the moment Kyrie demanded his trade, it looked like Kyrie Irving was about to fall into their laps, you know, and they were going to fail upward again. And I feel like that was just one of those instances that it's a massive blow to them. Because, you know, this is something they desperately needed. They needed to add some firepower. They added him with LeBron and AD. I'm not saying championship, but that's a team that can really be a threat in how wide open the Western Conference is. They could have really caused some problems there. It would have been a, a really interesting trade, but it's, it's a big blow for the Lakers. It is, and I'm sure LeBron will just be very quiet about this, and there'll be no passive-aggressive attacks at the Laker organization. Um, Mo, really appreciate. Check him out at the Ble- on Bleacher Report. Check out the podcast at The Athletic as well, which, of course, we are big fans of. Thank you so much for joining the show today. It never gets boring. It does not. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Mo Dakil, check out his work on Twitter. He does a great job just looking at all these videos of, of different moments from different games and just really breaking it down. Uh, you'll definitely learn something. All right, on this side, LeBron James apparently uh, has spoken. LeBron has spoken. Oh, Kyrie's going to Dallas. I'm sure LeBron James is. hey, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I have full faith in this Lakers organization. These are a good bunch of, of fellas and ladies, and they will figure it all out because I am uh, just part of the team and happy to be here. Or maybe not. We'll find out after traffic, which is brought to you by JanPro, proudly serving Canadian business for over 25 years. Put your trust in JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Visit janpro.ca today. Time now for traffic. Canadian International Auto Show is returning to the Metro Toronto Convention Center February 17th to the 26th. Now, here's your chance to win four passes to the show. I'm sorry to spring this on you. Um, text the keyword auto. 
A-U-T-O, but you knew that already, and your name to 105050 for your chance to win four tickets to the show. Canada's largest auto show is ready to celebrate 50 years with the return of a full range of new cars and trucks, a new layout that shows off some new players in the auto market, a new display from Lego, cool, and more. Get all the details at autoshow.ca. So again, text the keyword auto in your name to 105050 for your chance to win four tickets to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. Kyrie Irving got traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks, so he is not going to the Lakers, where everyone sort of assumed. To that, I say hooray. I don't really want Kyrie to be rewarded with where he'd want to go. Uh, but let's hear from LeBron James, and I'm sure I, I bet every dollar in my FanDuel account he is not at all disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus is shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now. And all right, all right, all right, all right. That's enough for you, LeBron. Um, so now he's, he's now focused back on his club, huh? Because he's certainly spent a lot of time focused on what the club should or should not uh, be doing. But, yes, not going to the Lakers is Kyrie, and I think a lot of us are thrilled by it. Now we get to see what do the Lakers do, because that team is desperate. I don't know what deals were done behind the scenes, but I'm sure when LeBron re-upped and re-signed for a couple of years with the Lakers, management was like, don't worry, LeBron, we'll do whatever it takes to get you the talent around you. You knew it was going to come. ESPN came up with this private interview mm. just with him. Sit down just with him. Came on came on air and says, I'm not happy. You heard in his voice yeah. that there's some disappointment towards the Lakers front office and the management because it seems like there was a deal right at the tip of their tongue, that could have involved Russell Westbrook, that could have involved Rui Hachimura getting traded again, that could have involved a number of pieces on that team that they could have shipped out other than Anthony Davis. Yeah. Then I saw reports that teams are in on Anthony Davis, and the Lakers said, nope, not doing that either. So there's a lot of moving pieces around this Lakers team. We were talking about it with the Golden State Warriors and how far they are from the Los Angeles Lakers, and it's really not that far. So could LeBron lead the charge and take the step? The question is, I'm excited for when he hits the points mark. Is it either going to be Tuesday against the Thunder, or is it going to be Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks, the former teams of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I think it's going to be Thursday. Unless tomorrow night LeBron starts hitting a bunch of threes, I think it's going to be uh, early in the game against OKC. I think it's going to be Thursday against Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Also, get a record against uh, with Giannis on the other side. A guy's won an MVP, Finals MVP. So yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Thursday against the Bucks. Uh, we haven't really talked about it that much, but uh, the city of Toronto is getting the All-Star Game next next year and this is you know to me this is a big deal and i know people are laughing at oh everyone mocks the all-star game until you get it but what we all no one mocks being there everyone mocks watching it on tv not at all the all-star game sucks so much of it on tv 
part of the problem is, is they tried with Mitch Marner before the breakaway contest, and they had him all all Miami viced up. He looked like he looked like Don Johnson carrying a Gordon Gecko phone. <laughs> By the way, I say a Gordon Gecko phone. Do you know what that means, producer Josh? A Gordon Gecko phone. A Gordon Gecko phone. Can I search this up in front of my face? Because I do not know. From 1986-87, the movie Wall Street, starring Michael Douglas in the role of Gordon Gecko, where he's holding a big, giant phone, one of the first portable phones out there oh, on there the beach. Is. Yeah. Yes. There's the brick. There's the brick. Yeah, exactly. The brick. The brick. The, but the problem with the NHL is, is that funny is hard. Yeah. Funny's hard to do. And when you try to pull off funny... Usually, you're going to fall flat on, on your face. Now, earlier on the show, I, or not this show, Leafs Lunch, I got to get, I, you know, keep myself grounded here. I came up with what I thought would be the perfect all star game. And you heard this before, so I'll yep. keep it quick. Um, what I'd like to see for the 2024 all star game. Let's hear it. Uh, and this is uh, for the skills competition. Um, the first set, uh, the first skill is everyone must arrive. At the same time at Pearson Airport, whoever can weave their way through Pearson, through customs, do you got a Nexus card? If you do, that's going to give you an advantage. Whoever gets through first and gets in to their cab, their Uber, their Lincoln Town Car, whatever, whoever where that car is now is on the 427, their team gets a goal. That is muddle. They they start with one goal. It's a goal lead. You know, if it's Marner, yeah. great. The Atlantic, you're up by one. <laughs> That's so, super perplexing already. Yes, it's hard. And by the way, someone texted in. Uh, actually, you de-ice when you take off, not when you land. I made a de-icing <laughs> joke. By the way, the person who texted in, you're right. I was wrong. That was my mistake. Um, the second is the is uh, the fastest skater competition. We're going to start this right where they destroyed the gardener, right around the beaches area, around like Parliament, like that distillery district. And you've got to skate. We'll, we'll, we'll freeze up the, the lakeshore. You've got to skate from there to Scotiabank Arena. But we're going to put up all these obstacles. We're going to put up angry cabbies, Uber drivers that are confused. You always know when that Uber driver is confused. Like, why are they? No, you can't like, do a U-turn. Are, why are you not turning left when I have to go right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a one-way street. You're going the wrong way. Um, I want aggressive uh, bike drivers, the Uber Eat, Uber Eat drivers on bikes. <laughs> They're going to be weaving all over the place. Give me a pothole, reduced lane, and construction where no construction is needed. No one's working. <laughs> and then the final test, the oh, accuracy. No. The accuracy test. And what we're going to do is the net will be set up with the four targets at the four corners, but the last second, we move the net away. And in the replacing that net, we replace it with a dumpster. Any dumpster in the city of Toronto. And then we open the dumpster, and out comes 30 to 40 of the fattest raccoons you've ever seen. <laughs> and you got to hit the, the raccoon. That's the accuracy test. But... The puck will be made with Nerf. We will not hurt any of these raccoons. And we will make sure that PETA and animal trainers and everyone is there. But I want my accuracy test to be, Can you? how many Toronto fat raccoons can you hit as they waddle their way out of, the, uh, out of a dumpster? So that's my full day uh, 2024 All-Star uh, skills competition. That would sound like it would just turn every player away. Because yeah. they know how it is to play uh, in Toronto. Yeah, that's a good point by you. <laughs> Yeah. They know they know the pressure it is to to be in this city. Fair. Maple Leafs haven't hosted since two thousand. It's been a while. The Blue Jays want to have an All Star game in twenty twenty seven. So yeah. they want players to come into the city. But when you're throwing like 
angry Uber Eats drivers or yeah. raccoons in your face or you have to weave through the traffic. I don't know how well that will stand with the NHL, but I think it fully represents our city, yes. city state yeah. at this position. Well, here's what we do. We don't tell the players. They're all on no. the plane. They're all on the same plane, and then we just get over the PA, and we tell them. It's, it, we go full. This is going to be like full amazing race. Oh, my goodness. I think it already starts bad with the uh, the Pearson Airport run-through. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Got to hold the hockey stick, though. Where are we, where, where are we, where are we landing? Pearson. No! Oh, we were told it was Porter. <laughs> we were told we were landing at the island. All- yeah, all jokes aside, though, mm-hmm. like I think it's a really big step for I think NHL because uh, we already know like this market is massive in that yeah. type of sense. But to have an All Star game here, uh, Justin Bieber going to be the somewhat host from what it sounds it like. I want Drake to weasel in. I want Drake between now and then to say, I love hockey. So I was doing the number one sport. Yeah. I, I've never been to a Raptor game. What are you talking about? I don't know who Nick Nurse is. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect step for uh, yeah. for all-stars here in Toronto. It's going to be great. Uh, I, I love the fact it's coming here. Help the economy. Yeah. Who, who can say no? Uh, on the other side, Dominic Padula is going to join us, senior sports betting analyst at TSN Edge. We'll do that right after traffic. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. I don't know if you heard, but uh, there's one more football game left to be played, and it'll be on Sunday. It is the Super Bowl, and you can listen to it right here on TSN 1050. All our coverage starting at 5 o'clock. Join us now to get us ready. Super Bowl week is upon us from TSN Edge. It is Dominic Padula. Dominic, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, a few more days, and then that's it. We'll be turning our attention to the draft and the offseason sooner than we think. But uh, one final stop and hopefully uh, a couple more bets to cash this final weekend of the year. So before we get to anything else, I was at tsn.ca slash edge. And you guys, do you guys got some prop party sheet do I see here? And I, I just uh, uh, flicked on the site about a couple of minutes ago. So what's going on with the prop party sheet? Yeah, it's funny. Like I was talking to the traders at FanDuel, and the most popular bet over the last 24 hours is the Eagles to beat the Chiefs 37-34. That exact score has taken more bets than the money line and the spread on both sides over the past 24 hours. The main driver of that is the TikTok with the leaked box score that's been circulating. That That's what they think the primary driver behind this is. And if you're actually betting on it at FanDuel, uh, the game, or you're you know looking to get together with buddies and have some fun, it seems like this is the one event of the year, the football season, where everybody wants a little bit of action. And you know you could sign up for FanDuel and create an account, or if you want, you could uh, download our Super Bowl Fifty Seven Pop Party sheet. Uh, we we worked together with the traders on uh, you know ten props that we thought would be fun for. You know, guys getting together for uh, a Super Bowl party this weekend. You know, if you want to take a more casual approach to it and and just fill out the sheet for fun, or if you want to put some money on the line between uh, you and your friends, all of these props are available at FanDuel. But but certainly just another way to add to the spectacle that is the Super Bowl, and that's the the prop party sheet that we have up now online at tsn.ca slash edge. What's good about it is there's a nice mix the first question is, who is winning the Super Bowl? Okay. 
That one is for all the everyone there. They love football. You know, they they have an opinion. But then color of Gatorade, length of anthem, Rihanna's <laughs> first song. Like, but then also which team will score first? Like, I, I like this, Dominic. There's there's a nice blend of of X's and O's versus all the other stuff. Yeah, and we're in that weird period, right? Like, I I think there was a lot of talk right after the matchup was set. Uh, Eagles versus Chiefs about sides. And then we had the prop dump last week where you could bet on player props. And we're just right now, I feel like we're in that weird stage of the two-week period where like everyone wants to talk about like what Rihanna's first song will be or how long will the national anthem be. And so, I mean, it's the perfect time to uh, to get the prop party sheets out there and, and certainly uh, place a wager to a fan duel with, uh, with some of the props for the novelty markets that they have available. I'm... I'm like, I'm totally into this Brianna first song market. Takia from our team was talking about, like, she has this whole theory of who she thinks um, would be the first song, what she thinks Rihanna's first song will be. And, and she's got me pretty convinced. So it seems like that's, like, one of the markets that uh, it's getting a little bit more attention than I would have thought. But, hey, I'm all in. I love it. I, I love the idea. Did you think years ago when you started doing this that you would say the sentence, I'm all over the what Rihanna first song no, market I is? Did, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. But you know what? Like, if you do this long enough, especially like when it's your full time job and you've been doing it all NFL season, you get to the point in the year where it's just like, okay, like, let's have some fun here because it's almost over and it was a good ride. But like, Let's catch our breath here and have some fun with some of these novels props. Yeah. Oh no, it is. It, it, it's a, it's a ton of fun. It's a great way. Uh, it's a great way to do it. Okay. So the the actual Super Bowl joined by Dominic Padula from TSN Edge. Have you? Are, are you? I'm not asking you to give what your prediction is now. I'm sure uh-huh. you're going to save it. There's so many different angles. I think for me, the biggest one is. Like, the Eagles' defense has been so impressive in the playoffs, but they haven't faced a quarterback. And when you go and look at their entire season, there's only really about three times you can say they faced, um, you know, a, a, a well-above-average quarterback. And one of them might have been Jared Goff. And the Lions yeah. put up 30-plus points. I think that, because, like, I'm leaning Eagles... But I think that's the biggest factor that's kind of pushing me maybe back to Kansas City is how much do I trust an Eagles defense that statistically has been incredible and there's depth all over the place, but that's my one concern. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and then the ta- the talent of the quarterback that they're going up against, they, they haven't faced a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, to your point. I saw an interesting note uh the Ringer has a really good write-up, the 25 things you need to know about the Eagles and Chiefs by Sean Capadia. And one of the things that he notes, it's his number one thing, was just if you look at Patrick Mahomes' 93 games that he started in his career, the Chiefs have held a lead or been within one score in the fourth quarter in 90 of those 93 games. So, I mean, very much an aberration what we saw in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when they got blown out by Tampa Bay. Yeah. Not expected to happen in this game. I'm with you. I lean towards Philly. I think they're the deeper team on both sides of the ball. As long as Jalen Hurts does his part, they're going to have a good chance to win this game. But also, to your point, never counting out Patrick Mahomes because he's shown us time and time again that on the, on the biggest stages and the biggest moments, he shows up. And, and at the very least, he keeps his team in the game right into the fourth quarter. 
is yeah, it's true. And I mean, I, I think to me this comes down to and this is so simplistic. And by the way, there's a hundred different ways you can approach it. But if I was going to do the simple way, is can can Philadelphia take away Travis Kelsey? Because if yeah. they if they can do that, then then Philly wins and Philly covers. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the attention that he's going to get. And so that's why the injury report's going to be so important to watch this week. Obviously, uh, we know what happened with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, McCole Hardman's status, uh, obviously Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, right now the Chiefs are just so thin at the wide receiver position um, that there's going to be that much more of an onus on top of what Travis Kelsey's already asked to do every single game for the Kansas City Chiefs going to be an absolutely crucial storyline to keep an eye on and the, the interesting part to me for philadelphia is just keeping the ball away from kansas city um, making sure that they're able to run the football i think even if you're looking for you know what will it take for the eagles to win this game there's different ways that you could bet on it without necessarily taking the eagles minus one and a half that will be true if they win or lose Obviously, more likely if they win, like running the football with Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. But there's different ways to attack the Super Bowl where you don't necessarily have to be on a side pre-flop. You can let the game start, maybe jump on a few props ahead of time, let the game start, see how it's playing out in the first quarter before making your decision on which side you want to be on. Is there, uh, is there one specific prop bet beyond uh, who the MVP thinks first? And by the way, if you're going to do that, you better do your research. You know, how religious is Travis Kelsey? How religious is Jalen Hurts? Like, you got to go find this, this stuff out. But instead of having a discussion about religion, which never has a problem on terrestrial radio, I'll ask you this, Dominic, as we end the interview. Is there one prop bet, one bet that you really like, either a specific one, or is there a way you're leaning, in, uh, you know, in terms of, like maybe more yards for Hertz or less yards for, for Mahomes. Is there one that you really like? Yeah, absolutely. Kenneth Gainwell had 112 rushing yards against the Giants in the divisional round. He had 48 yards on 14 carries against a very good San Francisco 49ers defense in the NFC Championship game. I bet the over 16 and a half rushing yards for Kenneth Gainwell at FanDuel last week was one of my morning coffee best bets. It's 18 and a half right now. I still don't think that's high enough. Anything below 20, I would bet the over on. I think that there's a lot of talk about Kansas City presenting a tougher challenge to Philadelphia and maybe Miles Sanders seeing a little bit more uh, touches than Gainwell. I still think, based on his performance so far in these playoffs, that Gainwell is going to get his touches. Even if he had half the number of touches that he had against the 49ers last week, which would be seven, he could still average under three yards a carry and go over the current number of 18 and a half. So I love the Kenneth Gainwell over rushing yards prop. It's actually the only prop I've played so far, believe it or not. Well, you got time. You got plenty of time between now and the game. Uh, really appreciate. Thank you, as always, uh, for joining the show. And again, check out the man's work at tsn.ca slash edge. Check out the morning coffee with Dominic Padula. Dominic, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the big game, cause. Yeah, you as well. You as well. Um, but the, the highest people are saying 37, 34. That can't. I mean, that just has to be just more casuals. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something right now. This game, it's that there's not going to be 71 total points for a couple of reasons. One, Philly is great on defense, and two. 
these teams are so efficient on offense that you look up and oh, they just scored a touchdown, but it took six minutes and forty eight seconds, and you know, and then an extra like these are teams that can chew up a lot of clock as they're going up and down the field because a lot of completions and a lot of completions inbounds. Yeah. For sure. Don made a lot of great points there. And these, this matchup is way closer than most people would expect. Um, when it initially came out that the Chiefs were the favorites, I agreed. But then if you really deep dive into the Eagles lineup, like with Hertz's leadership, Miles Sanders' running scale, what's A.J. Brown going to do? How's Devontae Smith going to perform? There's so many factors that you can look at on the Eagles side saying, they're, right, they're the rightful favorite in this game. Yes. But then it's going to come down to coaching. Is it Sirianni's game? Is it Reed who has the experience? Like, that is my factor when I look at the Super Bowl on a wide-open lens, saying, who's going to out-coach each other? What quarterback is going to perform better? And with the over-under rising in this game, that tends to tell me that offenses are probably going to show up more than the defenses are. Uh, or, or that people just love betting the Everyone loves betting on Mahomes. You could. Uh, everyone, uh, uh, and, and the uh, the Eagles' offense. Yeah. I okay. So here it is for me. Let me let me give you the list. Here. Okay. Um, how will the Eagles' defense look going up against Mahomes? Here are the bad quarterbacks that Philly has faced: Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan, Cooper Rush, Cody Pickett, Davis Mills, Ty- Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, uh, 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 J- Jalen Fields, Andy Dalton, Davis Webb, Daniel Jones again, mm-hmm. and the San Francisco quarterbacks. I think I said Matt Ryan twice. I apologize. Yeah, did you about say Jalen Fields or no? Did you say Justin Fields. Oh, Justin Fields. I wrote Jalen, but yes, Justin Fields. Like so, those are the and yeah. I think yeah. I said Matt Ryan twice. I apologize, um, but those are the bad quarterbacks. The mm-hmm. good quarterbacks, Jared Goff. Yeah. Detroit put up thirty-five points. Kirk Cousins did a great job. Three interceptions, seven points. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence um, had four lost fumbles, but that was in a monsoon. And then Dak Prescott at the end of the year in a game the Eagles didn't, didn't matter for the Eagles. They faced one great quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. He got hurt at some point, I think, in that game. Jordan Love came in, I believe. Yeah. So this Eagles defense is great, but how great is it really? You know, considering they just weren't tested by that many high-end quarterbacks. That, and I don't have the answer to that. That is my question that I still need to answer between now and Friday. No, it's a raging question. When you look at the offense of KC, um, not only is Travis Kelsey going to get a ton of targets, but I love what Isaiah Pacheco's done. Mm-hmm. He's a good hybrid back that yep. could catch the ball. Jarek McKinnon has proved himself. Look like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is back and McCole Hardman is out for the big game with those injuries there. Juju Smith Schuster, Kadarius Tony, like the names go on for this KC roster. But I think I think it's a rightful decision. It looks like it's sixty seven to thirty or around thirty three percent that um the public is on the Eagles. Yeah. I, I so, that's why I'm as uh, that's why I'm as well. <laughs> We'll, we'll get into it later later on the week. Yeah, we'll get it later on Friday. But we got time. We got like time. these odds are going to continue to change. And if you look at the past couple of Super Bowls, the the over's been hitting. So you're right. Yeah, no, the over's been hitting. I just I want to see that number get up, 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 and then I think I'd probably bet the under. Um, on the other side, we'll do sound of the day, an honest reaction about not going to the All Star game by Jimmy Butler. I appreciate it, and uh, we will do that right after traffic. This is gameplay on TSN ten fifty. Double or nothing. Done. Witness. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Sound of the day. Sound of the day. Here comes the sound of the 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. A reminder, Gameplay was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sound of the day is Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat with a very honest reaction to not being selected to the All-Star team. You not care. Me, no All-Star? Man, please. I see y'all when I see y'all, but Bam does deserve that. He's been um, carrying the load a lot this year. I'm happy for him. Um, as for me, I'm happy I get a vacation, baby. That is a great answer. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, yeah. Starts off with the uh, the baby. Yeah. To, I'm having some fun over the All-Star break. Yeah, and... You know, and he's been a good teammate. He's been sure a good he teammate for Bam Adebayo going there. And there's a lot of uh, talk about the fact that you know, Pascal Siakam should have been voted. If you look historically yeah. at the numbers, the numbers scream. Uh, no one that's ever put up the numbers that Siakam has has ever not made it to the All-Star team. But um, there you go. Love that by, um, by Jimmy Butler. So Brian Windhorse was on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast, and they're talking all trade deadline stuff. Yeah. Windhorse says uh, lists Van Vliet, OG Anobi, and Bogdanovich as his top three deadline pieces to watch for. Expects a lot of chatter. Uh, mentions the Nets and Raptors also seem like a good match for OG and Anobi because you know, we wonder about the Nets. Oh, that's it. They're done. They're doomed. No, they're not. And with the pieces they got back from the Dallas Mavericks, plus a lot of draft capital, could you see a Nets-Raptors deal? Not like what we thought in the summer. Like, oh, we're getting Kevin Durant. But maybe OG Ananobi going to the Nets. OG Ananobi with Kevin Durant. That's, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. damn good. Nick Claxton, um, you know, Ty Warren. Or not, um, what is it? Uh, which Warren is it? I keep saying. What's that? T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren. I keep thinking Ty Warren. It was like yeah. a defensive tackle for the Patriots. Excuse me. Um, I mean, that's a good team. It is. And, like, both of our NBA-style guests today, we had Alex Schiffer on to talk about all Nets, Mo mm-hmm. Dakio from Bleacher Report to talk about general NBA. And he said something that really stuck out to me, saying, there seems like a sense that one or if two of the core four Raptors will be traded by Thursday's deadline. And doing some digging along the lineup, Pascal Siakam's probably a no-go. Yeah. OG Ananobi's name has been mentioned a ton. And his versatility, his defense, turning it up on the offensive end, would be valuable to any team. Yes. Where do you think Bobby Webster will go? What's Messiah Jury going to do? That is the vision of this Toronto Raptors team. It's like the middle ground. Are they going downwards into more of a draft, capital, draft look type of year? Or are they going up? For a playoff grout. Yeah. If you're trading one of these players, it seems like you're going down, in my honest opinion. But, Matt, well, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't know if it's down. Depends what you get coming back to you. Because really also, depends. you can get a haul. Because also, there is some roster duplication. What OG Ananobi does, as you mentioned, tall, versatile. Well, that's Siakam, that's Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes has been getting better and better. Also, Precious Achua, since he's come back, we've also seen that as well. We've seen him look good. Yeah. And so there is, so I could see an OG Ananobi trade happening and not an indictment against Ananobi, but because you already have Siakam and Scotty Barnes. So, um, the, the, the lesson here, as always, is don't take your eye off the, off the ball because there's a deal happening at every moment. Seems like it. Yeah. That'll do it for me. Good job by you, Josh. Overdrive is coming up next. Have a great night, everyone. We'll catch you tomorrow. You've been listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050.